What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Brotherly Love in the District. Tristan here along with Jacob. And Jacob, you want to tell them what we're going to get into? Yeah, so in football, we're going to get into the Eagles' defense, and that's pretty much going to be the only thing we're going to talk about as free agency isn't going to start for a few weeks. Um, Into hockey, we're just going to talk about what we think of our teams, how they've been playing the past few days, and, and if our views have changed on the trade deadline. And finally, into the MLB, um, recently there's been more and more player meetings between the Players Association and the actual league, so let's get right into it. All right, so we'll start out in the NFL, and to finish up our little series, we had uh, talking about the Eagles defense and going through that. And this defense started out decent against the Falcons, and then it it actually played decent the first like three weeks. And then you started to see the weakness that they were going to have. And then towards the end of the season, they started to jump back into it and play well. So the defense definitely looked better than it should have. And that's a big plus, especially under a new defensive coordinator. And with Jonathan Gannon playing his first or coaching his first season as a defensive coordinator, he that was the highest he's ever been, and he was already getting head coach head coaching offers. So he did a decent job with the head coaching. He also followed what Nick Sirianni did, where first half of the season he was trying to follow one one system, and then he decided that it wasn't working and decided to switch halfway through and went from playing zone to man. So one thing your coaching there. one thing your coaching staff did to really help the defense and is they really dominated time time of possession the offensive side of the ball and no matter how your defense is like if they're able to stay off the field that's going to make them look a lot better yeah uh that did help a ton with the running game because if you have a running game then your defense defensive core is probably going to play a little bit better because they're not as tired so uh we'll start it out obviously jonathan gannon new defensive coordinator came in and he played pretty well but I, I'm saying played like he was on the field. He coached pretty well and he made the defense. He worked it pretty well. The only thing that was a little bit bad was under Jim Schwartz, this defense was a top sacking team in the league. And this season, they were one of the bottom. So you could definitely see the difference in the defense and also his scheme kind of made it harder for some players to adjust like one of the biggest players we'll start with d tackles is fletcher cox and you could see the drop off from last season to this season where he was a he was a force to be reckoned with at d tackle of course he was no aaron donald but he was still a really good d tackle perennial pro bowler and he didn't play as well this year because he was switching that scheme where he went from do whatever you need to to get into the backfield to he had to follow some sort of system, which I don't think he liked. Yeah, so, and I think he's among the top trade candidates from your team. I just think that his time at the team has passed, and a really good team, um, like a championship contender, is probably looking for somebody like that. Um, I mean, the Chiefs are probably looking for somebody to help stable their defense. So. 
I think Fletcher Cox will leave. Imagine Fletcher Cox and Chris Jones. I don't know if the Chiefs could afford that, though. I don't either, but I'm just giving an example. Like a team like that would want somebody like Fletcher Cox, who's experienced and who I think is at this point in his career is just ready to move on. Yeah, there. Fletcher Cox is. I don't see him finishing out the season as an Eagle next year. He might go into the season because obviously he didn't come off a great season. So uh, Howie Roseman does like to stick to his guns and wait to see until he gets the best offer like he did with Carson Wentz, where there was a good like two, three week period where we thought Carson Wentz was going to get traded and it never happened. And then boom, out of the blue, it happens. So he likes to make sure that he knows what he's getting as a good trade. And so he'll wait to make sure he gets the right trade and he will hold off on trading until he gets what he wants. So this also could play out like the Zach Ertz situation where you think he's yeah, going to get traded that's really early one. and it stretches on. Yeah. So I, I could see him starting the season out as an Eagle next season, but he definitely won't get cut. There's no way too much dead money. He's not going to get cut. Uh, so if he doesn't get traded in the off season, he will probably be traded by the deadline. If not, this is his lot. This is finally year on the contract. So, uh, but I could definitely see him getting dealt at the deadline next season if he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't get dealt in the off season. But that is a big contract to take on. Uh, and then the D line has just fell off because the depth now is terrible. So they had Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams, who was a rookie who I've talked about on the last couple of episodes, who came out of Louisiana Tech, third rounder, and he actually played pretty well. I, he still has a lot to, he still has a lot to prove because he is, he was a rookie this past season, but he showed glimpses of being good. Uh, they have Javon Hargrave who they, I believe they'll re-sign him. Uh, I don't know if he is a free agent. I don't think he's a free agent this year, but I think he is next year, but I think they'll hold on to him for a little bit because he, he was a good, he was a good pickup for them. And then, after that, they really have no one. So he that was a three-year deal. So I think he has one more season. Yeah. Uh yeah, I believe he has one more season. So he will, yeah, he has one more season. So he will be here for next year. And then they'll have to re-sign him if they want to, but he will be a good piece to have in there. And then after that, they really have no depth at D tackle. So they need to look yeah. for some D, they need to look for D linemen in the draft. D tackle might be one that they can get in later rounds in the draft. I think uh, then, because I think they have bigger needs to worry about in the first round and second round. Yeah. Like you, you, and on your D line, you also have, you have okay ends. I mean, that's, that's where I was just going to get to your depth, your depth. It, it's not that great. I mean, you have Ryan Kerrigan who looking back on it, that's, that was a pretty weird signing because Kerrigan left Washington because he wasn't really getting a lot of snaps and he didn't want to play. So he um, actually hurt his thumb at the beginning of the season, which I didn't realize. I didn't, I did not know that. So maybe that's why he had limited play time, but it just seemed like, seems like such a weird signing in hindsight. He, he was a, he was an Eagle killer on and off the team. He killed him by being on the Washington, yeah. the commanders and, uh, and then even when he was on the team, he still didn't do anything. So 
he was an eagle killer all over the place. Uh, but I think he, I was just about to get there. They have, speaking of the bigger needs they have, like at D-line, where they have, now this is the D-line, or the D-end for them is really interesting because they have, they have Brandon Graham, who is coming off an injury, and he has one more season. And then they have Patrick Johnson. He's He was a rookie this past season who, again, showed glimpses, not ready to be a starter yet, not a number one D end. They had Ryan Kerrigan, who's a free agent, who I do not see coming back. He and Derek Barnett, who is probably the most interesting player on – interesting D end on the team right now because he, he he's a free agent and – I believe that he can probably get good money if he goes to free agency. And I don't think, I think his, he'll be looking for more money than what the Eagles are going to be willing to sign him for. Yeah. I think the odds of him coming back are low, but I do not see him being an Eagle again. And then yeah. I also forgot about Josh Sweat, who is one of their, one of their better DNs. So they, the best, yeah, less the, best the best defensive end with the last name of Sweat. Totally. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe <laughs> no. Uh, he's, but yeah, he's definitely. Sweat has came out and played well for the Eagles, and he was a third round pick, so he he was definitely a big, best third round Sweat defensive end. <laughs> uh, yeah, but for Derek Barnett, I just yeah, I can't see him coming back to the team for what it seems like you're trying to do as a team. I just don't think he fits that. I think. Like he's part of that last old guard that's going to pretty be pretty much leaving. Um, so yeah, I think he's going to leave in free agency. I just think there's more um, attractive teams out there who are going to be willing to give him that big money he wants. I, I also, like you said, uh, he's, he also showed that he had some uh, discipline issues this season. He took a lot of, uh, personal fouls early in the season and was just giving up free penalties to the opposition early in the season. And he did it again in, there was a play. I don't know if you saw this, but when they were playing Tampa in the playoffs, there was a play where uh, Derek Barnett went back and he went to sack Tom Brady, but he threw the ball away. And so he tried to hold up, but obviously he had all of his four, he had all of his momentum going forward at Tom Brady. And he's like trying to make sure he doesn't destroy him as he's going down to the ground and tries to pick him up. And they still called a penalty on him, which I don't think was completely his fault, but he definitely has some discipline issues. So I don't know if they really want to keep him on the team, but depth is one thing that they have a major issue at the end. And that's going to be interesting in the draft because there's a lot of good edge rushers, but there could, they're like I said, in the last one, I saw five edge rushers going in the first round. So yeah. I'm, I would like to see the Eagles, if they hold on to all three of their picks, pick up a DN in the first round just so they have a good edge rusher across from Josh Sweat. Obviously, Brandon Graham's getting up there in age. He's not going to be able to play as much as he used to. And then after that, you really have nothing. So they definitely need to look for DN in the draft in the first round. And it should be interesting to see because you have so many needs on your de- on your defense. It, it should be inter- interesting to see where you might sacrifice some of those picks because you're not going to be able to address everything because you pretty much need an entire linebacking core. You need a secondary, and your defensive line is 
like the once great defensive line that almost carried you to a championship is gone. And so. speaking to uh speaking of linebacker, let's move over to Ooh. linebacker next. This one's brutal. Uh linebacker and big shocker here, still no no big linebacker names that have been here. The biggest is Alex Singleton, who didn't play great. He got benched at the beginning of the season. Once yeah. he came back, he played a little bit better, but he's not he's not an every down backer. He they'd sacrifice an every down backer for Jalen Rager and who'd they pick in the second round that year? Uh Jalen Hurts. So they sacrificed Jalen uh Kenneth Murray type player for a Jalen Rager and a Jalen Hurts. So that's they don't have an every down back. And like these these players that were talking about like Alex Singleton and Davion Taylor and who else? Jannard Avery, like these players would maybe be on the bench on any other team in the NFL. Maybe I think they would. Uh well, no, but what I'm saying is they might not even make the team. They'd probably either be on the practice squad or practice squad, or maybe they're the team's affiliated USFL team or XFL team. Yeah. So like it's there's nothing, there's no there's absolutely no linebacking help on this team. And Alex Singleton is now an RFA. Davion Taylor hasn't proved anything. I think they'll re-sign Alex Singleton. I think they'll tender him. They could probably give him a low tender and because low tender is no guaranteed money. So they could re-sign him, then go through the draft, go through free agency, see what they get. And then if they don't want him, they can cut him and it doesn't cost anything. Uh, So I think they could tender him and get him back because he was definitely a bright spot on the team. And actually I forgot about the other one, TJ Edwards, who is the closest thing to our every down back, but he's definitely the worst pass coverage guy that they have on the team right now with uh, at linebacker being that he's a downhill backer and just makes good tackles. Uh, So the linebackers are really suffering. Davion Taylor has not shown anything yet. He's been injured his entire career so far, but there was signs of the new linebacker coach maybe making this linebacker core look a little bit more respectable, better than it's been over the past couple of years. Well, which is a little what, more respectable, but it's you pretty much need an entire new one. I think you may yeah. just need to draft a few guys in the draft and then just put them in and get them some playing time to hope they can develop quite early. Because, yeah, like I said, I think you just need an entirely new linebacking core. There's not one linebacker in that whole core you could say is even decent or would get. They, they wouldn't start on any other team. No, they would be. The, maybe the Jets. <laughs> maybe the Jets, but mostly they're guys you'd put at special teams at best. I don't even think they I don't even think they'd start on the Jaguars because the Jaguars still have Miles Jack. Yeah, so I just. I think they're special teams players at best or, or your practice squad or your XFL team. I just don't think they're good enough and you're going to need to pretty much rebuild an entirely new core. Yeah. There is no place for them on, uh, on the, on an NFL team. Uh, So I'd like to see, that's another one that I'd like to see one of the first round picks go to as a linebacker. Yeah. Uh, you, you you missed a very good one this most recent draft in Micah Parsons. 
Oh yeah, that was terrible. That I mean, he did get Devonte Smith, who is who turned out to be good. better than I thought he would. But yeah, I, I know was, you weren't big on him, but still, you. I was pissed when they picked Devonte Smith over Micah Parsons. And just think, that's in the past five years. That's two um, Penn State prospects that have went to NFC East teams. Oh, and Saquon too. Yeah. Hey, Miles Sanders was also a Penn Stater. Yeah, and Saquon's probably not going to be on the Giants in the next two I don't years. think so. I think Saquon is hurting his career by still being in New York because they have yeah, no offensive line. Yeah, he's, that's a detriment to his because career. in college, he I don't re- recall him ever getting hurt this bad, like, as much, like, if I recall correctly. Uh, so, like, this is definitely – I think this is definitely a – a result of being stuck behind a terrible Giants O-line. Well, in a terrible Giants team in general, I mean, there's just nothing good you could really say about that team. I think the Giants team is – their defense looks really good. As long as – they have yeah. no depth. Their, their team on paper, their first their first string, everything looks good. Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Daniel Jones could be a little bit better. But Saquon Barkley, uh, their offensive line is putrid. We want horrible. Go. I mean, it's, but Evan it's, Ingram, and then you go to the defense. Uh, oh, and they also signed Kyle Rudolph for a backup tight end. And then on yeah, the defense, which is such a weird signing. Blake I, I Martinez. Forgot about that. Blake Martinez, who is a tackle machine. He he led the league in tackling multiple years in a row. Uh, at and then Xavier McKinney, who looks to be who looks to have a bright future at safety, Jabril Peppers, who James Bradbury at corner. Like they have decent uh, players. It's just, it, I, it's good on, paper, no but, their, but their offensive line is so terrible. I honestly think that the Bengals offensive line is better than the giants. I don't I'm, know how much, but I, they're both quite bad, but yeah, they just haven't been performing good on paper. They need, Saquon needs to go. So does Daniel Jones. They just need a lot. Yeah. Going back to the Eagles, though, uh, like you said, yeah, they m- missed on I, – I, I can't say they missed. They just um, didn't – they hit a triple as opposed to a home run. Yeah. Devontae Smith was a huge pick. Micah Parsons would have been better for the team had he, had he performed like he is in Dallas. Because like I said – not guaranteed that he would perform as well in the Eagle system. True. So they still did hit, they hit a good ball with picking Devontae Smith. Uh, there's no complaints there, but moving over to corner, this one, th- this is going to be another interesting one for the Eagles being that corner is one of those positions that they've always had trouble at. Uh, because even their best corner over the past couple of years has probably been, aside from Darius Slay, was probably Ronald Darby, and Ronald Darby still wasn't that great. Yeah, Ronald Darby stinks. He Jalen Mills showed bright spots, but there's a reason they moved him to safety. Uh, that's really the only – do you remember when they traded for Byron Maxwell? I do. That was such a – that that's, was strange. You shouldn't have done that. Uh yeah, Byron Maxwell, I remember. The, you know, the the Super Bowl cornerbacks, as much as as many points as they gave up in the Super Bowl, 
that's probably one of the more decent, acceptable cornerback cores that the Eagles have had in a while. Obviously, and, since they won yeah. but like, yeah. but they Jaylen still Mills gave up a lot of points. Yeah, he was a successful seventh round pick. He got a second contract. That's success if you're a seventh round pick. Uh, Patrick Robinson. Now, Patrick Rob. What was his name? I know his last name was Robinson. Uh, trying to. I'm going to look up the playoffs because I know that he picked off Case Keenum for a pick six in that game. Case Keenum, what a weird quarterback to have played in a Dude, I, I saw a meme. Game. I saw someone sent me a meme and it was a it was Oh, it was Patrick Robinson. Okay, I was right. I was thinking there's there's another Patrick Patrick Johnson's the other guy on the team now. Uh but yeah, I, someone sent me a meme, and it was a drawing of Brady, Bortles, Case Keenum, and Nick. Yeah, I sent that to you. Yeah. yeah, it was you. You yeah. were playing stadium, and the yeah, weirdest was thing was so... that Tom Brady didn't win the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. Uh, so, but, yeah, Patrick Robinson, and then Corey Graham, who played decently, and I believe Avante Maddox – no, he wasn't. Avante Maddox was drafted that year. Because I rem- the Eagles traded away their third round or their first round pick so that the Ravens got Lamar Jackson, and that, that could have been you. That, that could have been you. That's how that happened. Uh, so, but they have Darius Slay, who is a he's a stud. I mean, even at what is he now? 31, 32? He's still he's still putting up numbers. Made a Pro Bowl this year. One of the better corners in the league. You could uh, argue he's top three corner in the league. I wouldn't – not anymore. I don't think he is. Not anymore. But I'm not because, saying he is, but there's an argument there. Because I would say A.J. Terrell is up there. Yeah. Uh, Trayvon it, Diggs isn't. Trayvon Diggs is not, just to put that out there. I'm trying to think – Jalen Ramsey, obviously. Jalen Ramsey's one. Um, I'm trying to think of other big-name corners. Maybe he is because I can't – yeah. Well, wasn't Marshawn Lattimore hurt this year? Marshawn Lattimore goes under the radar. But yeah, I'm I don't I'm know pretty if he sure, played a lot of games this year. I'm pretty sure Mike Evans tore him apart. He might have. Or actually, you know what? I think Mike Evans, he was lined up on Mike Evans and locking him down, and Chris Godwin had an enormous game. I think that's what happened. Marshawn Lattimore is up there. He's definitely a good corner. He made uh, a Pro Bowl this year, so I – was wrong they didn't play too many games but yeah i think he's definitely up there i'd say he's definitely a top 10 i don't know about a top three maybe even a top five but it's there's an argument i don't know if he would be up there though uh and then across from darius slay this is where they face the biggest problem is who is the corner across from darius slay because they have Steven Nelson right now, but he's a free agent this year. And people who have watched the tape have said that they are lucky that the quarterback didn't see whoever was being covered by Steven Nelson because they would have had a touchdown because Steven Nelson did not play a great season. He didn't get targeted much, so it looked like he had a decent season, but he did not have a great season. So he's the Eagles' Eli Apple. No, because he didn't get targeted. Ah, so 
he can't be the Eli Apple. But uh, yeah, I don't. He thinks very highly of himself, and he thinks that he's a top corner in the league, and he thinks that he can maybe not to that extent, but he thinks he's a very good player, and he thinks that he will probably get a good contract somewhere where he can start. So I don't think he'll come back unless because I'm sure his agent is a smart guy. So he's going to know, look, the Eagles are probably going to look for a corner in a draft. They're going to do whatever they can to find someone to bring across from Darius Slay. And unless they have absolutely no option, you are not going to get re-signed. And even if yeah. they get, even if he gets re-signed to a one-year deal, they're going to, they're going to keep on trying to look. So I don't think he's going to, the only way he re-signs here, I think is if he gets some term, which I don't think he'll get. So he's probably gone. Avante Maddox is a good slot position, good slot corner. Finally found his place there. And after that, again, really no depth at corner. They have a bunch of like practice squad guys and Zach McPherson, Tay Gowan, Harry Vincent Jr., Josiah Scott. You probably haven't heard of the last four of them, last four guys, but uh, they have a bunch of average corner or practice squad corners behind that and they have no one to put across from Darius Slay. And you might want to look for one in free agency. I'm looking at the upcoming free agencies um cornerbacks. It looks like JC Jackson, Stefan Gilmore, Carlton Davis, Casey Hayward Jr. Where was JC Jackson? Oh, for the I knew I recognized the name, but I couldn't uh put a name Patriots. to Patriots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um he's decent. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, Darius Williams, Steve Nelson. Yeah, I don't think you want him back. Um, Travis Ward, DJ Reed. There's not a lot of good ones, but you may be able to. JC JC Jackson is not going to happen. That is way too much money. Yeah, Stephon Gilmore. He's not going to sign. Stephon Gilmore again, way too much money. I don't even know who Carlton Davis is. I don't either. Not all these guys are really big name. Casey Hayward is old. Yeah. You may want to draft one and not draft a wide receiver because there's a lot of free agent wide receivers in the market that you should be looking to sign. You could get at least one. Wow. This cornerback free agency year sucks. It's not good at all. So I'd say you look for a cornerback in the draft and look for a wide receiver. You don't draft one. You look for one in free agency. Yeah. And I think if Steven, Nel- if Steven Nelson wasn't an Eagle, I would only know three of these players. I wish Tampa Bay franchise tag went the franchise tag with Chris Godwin this past off season so I guess he was on the uh, – oh, so he was on Tampa. Okay. That sounds – yes, okay, now I remember. He was with Tampa. I remember that now. Uh, but, yeah, J.C. Jackson is not going to happen. Uh, but corner is definitely another one that I would like to see them go for. That uh, – maybe not a first-round pick, definitely a second-rounder. They might go first rounder with it. I doubt it though. Cause the other first round pick that I would want them to use it on, even though they'd probably use it on offense, I would want to see them get a safety because safety is another 
they're they have about four real safeties right now in Anthony Harris, Rodney, Rodney Cloud, Cloud, Kevon Wallace, and Marcus Epps. And Rodney McLeod and Anthony Harris are both free agents this year. Yeah, so you might not get them back, and that's. I think they. I think they can resign one. I think they should resign one. Maybe. Anthony, uh, Anthony Harris like didn't exist this past season. I think I might have heard his name twice all season when watching the games. He was very quiet this past season. Uh. But Rodney McLeod, he was a good acquisition when he – I can't say acquisition because he signed here. He didn't get traded here. But he was a good signing when he came over from the Rams. And I like the way he plays. So I think I'd prefer to see Rodney McLeod here just because he knows the system a little bit more. And he, he's he been an eagle. He's one year older, but I feel like one year is not that much of a difference when you're trying to look for the better play. And so I think – Rodney McLeod would be the better choice. And then they definitely have to draft one and maybe look for, maybe look for a free agent possibly uh, because Marcus Epps, he shows the thing about Marcus Epps and Kevon Wallace, if they can grow well together, that could be good future safeties because Marcus Epps is more of the pass protector safety and Kevon Wallace is more of the downhill box safety like Malcolm Jenkins was so like that could be a good one two safety combination if they could both play a little bit better Kevon Wallace has gotten hurt quite a bit though so I don't know how much longer he's going to be on the team yeah and when it comes down to this defense it feels like we're saying this for almost pretty much every single position there's there's a lot no of needs depth. there yeah, yeah no there's depth. no depth and you need and you also need starters. So I think you should really be focusing on um, defense. Maybe you only take one offensive player in the draft, and maybe that's an offensive lineman. But I really do think you need to go all defense this draft. You, um, because you don't need your defense to be the best. You, you just need it to be decent because you're already a team that dominates time of possession with running the ball. That's already there. So you just need them to play decent enough and you'll get a few more wins so i don't think you realize how many picks the eagles have in this draft because there's no way that they would pick 10 or 11 defensive players but tristan you need to <laughs> you generally need to though that's how they're, they're not but no they're team will draft 10 or they i think they will draft maybe six or seven defensive players if you want you to draft, draft more defense than offense because yes. you have like the offensive needs cannot be solved with later they're gonna draft at least they're going to draft at least one O lineman, maybe even two. Yeah. That's a, you, that's you need a really, you need a really good runner who can stay healthy. You're not going to find that in this third round or whatever in the draft, you need a better quarterback than Jalen hurts. The only way you're going to find that is possibly a trade for one of the big guys. You're not going to find that wide receiver. You're not, you should be going in the, um, free agency for that because there's so many good ones and yeah philadelphia it still has enough drawing power as a historical franchise uh but overall like you said defense just needs a lot of needs and this needs to be a good draft is what they need to have uh but that'll wrap up the eagles defensive look and 
this series for the uh, finish that up as we've gone through all four uh, the re- commanders offense and defense and the Eagles offense and defense. And with that, I mean, we don't really have the combine is next week. So there'll be a little bit to talk about there. Not much because yeah. that's rookies um, that haven't been drafted yet. And then after that free agency starts, free agency yeah. starts March 16th. And so. speaking on free agency real quick, it looks like um, Washington's relationship with Brandon Sheriff has come to an end. It, Seems like he will not re-sign with the team, so that's another position we need to fill on our offensive line. So that's I'm just mentioning that. So it looks like he could be getting a big deal less elsewhere. I would like to see him actually on the Bengals. I think that'd be a very good fit. Uh, and maybe Lord knows they need real, it. Real quick, do you think the Bengals could make it? I'm I don't remember if I asked you this last week, but do you think the Bengals will make it back to the playoffs next season? I've seen a lot okay. of people saying they haven't. They won't. absolutely. I don't think this is a situation like the, with the Canadians and the NHL. I think they're a genuinely good team, and they have one of the best one-two punches in the league. Well, actually, they have a trifecta of very good offensive players in Mixon, Burrow, and Jamar Chase. And Jamar Chase has possibly had the best rookie wide receiver season we've seen maybe ever at least in a while so i think they can definitely make it back and especially if you add a few more weapons to that team i can definitely see them getting back to it yeah and i mean their their receiving core overall is good because not only do they have mar chase but they have t higgins who was he was a second round pick but he was the 33rd pick in the draft and then tyler boyd who's a really good safety safety net so uh they have a good receiving core, and I believe it's CJ Uzama. He's shown yeah. that he's going to be a good tight end too. So, and just to think about the Bengals, if Joe Burrow had one more second of pocket time, they would have won that Super Bowl. They would have won it. Yeah. So, because Jamar, we I, and I sent you the video of the All Twenty Two. Uh, I looked up the All Twenty Two, and there is about half a second from. Jamar Chase being sacked and running out of the pocket to or Joe Burrow being sacked and running out of the pocket, trying to run out of the pocket and Jamar Chase getting wide open down the field. So, I mean, that that's where that off extra offensive lineman comes in to help and win the Super Bowl there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they got blown out. It's not like they were a really old team that has a bunch of expiring contracts. I mean, they're a young team and I definitely think they can make it back. And like you said, I also didn't realize, but Joe Mixon wasn't in on that third down or fourth down. And Joe Mixon was averaging 4.8 yards per carry on that game. And guess who was in? Former Washington player. Samaje Perrine. Perrine, yeah. Perrine. He was also a Jet. That that says everything. You don't have a Washington Commanders player in a Jet and on the third and fourth down. Yeah. Even if he is your third and fourth down back, you put Mixon in. Screw Unless Joe team, Mixon is hurt. That. Unless he was hurt. But, you, yeah, you have to play Mixon there. Like that's You put Mixon in. The Super Bowl on the line. Uh, but that's – I believe that's it for football. You want to go over to hockey? Yeah. So, the Flyers are now on another losing streak. Big shocker. And this is now six. So they're pushing double digits again. And it's, but 
they're supposedly getting really healthy. They were Mike Yo just had an interview today. Actually, I'll pull it up where he said they're facing a luxury that they haven't had in a while where they're actually going to have competition for who's going to be lining up in games, which is kind of exciting because that's you might actually see some good play. Like Joel, I saw Joel Farabee's coming back, but uh, they're still missing players like Kevin Hayes, Ryan Ellis. Here we go. Mike Yo says that the Flyers are nearing a luxury they haven't had much this season. So they have Farabee will be coming back. He should be coming back soon. I'm trying to see who else they have. Uh, Carter Hart, who left for a bit. Derek Broussard and Kevin Hayes. But Kevin Hayes has come back multiple times this season and left. Wade Allison, and that's about it. Just I have a question for you about the Flyers. Do you think it's within the realm of possibilities for Cam Atkinson to get traded at the trade deadline along with Claudrio, I'm not saying they'd be in the same deal, but do you think oh, he yeah. could get traded as well? Because I certainly think he could. Yeah, I think they could too. And I think this is where, like, this is where that youth is going to come in because they've seen players. I'm going to rattle off a couple names that you've probably never heard of in your entire life, where you're going to see players like Wade Allison, who is a younger guy, but he played a little bit last season. Wade Allison, Jerry Mayhew, who you actually might have heard of because he scored against the Capitals last week. Uh, but Jerry Mayhew, Isaac Ratcliffe, uh, Tanner Lashinsky, who should be coming back from an injury. Like you're going to start seeing players like that coming up into the NHL because one, they're still facing a ton of injuries. They're still missing a ton of their lineup. And two, I mean, they really just have to look towards the future now. Like that's, yeah. they really calling up your young guys. They, well, they don't, okay. They don't want to tank because no. As you've seen in recent history, tanking has not really worked that great aside from maybe for, you could count it for the Bengals because they got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and that. The Red Wings have actually done it pretty well. There seemed to be, they've, they they didn't completely tank though. No, but because they, they their picks were four, 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 and six in the last three drafts. They've looked good though. Cause they got Lucas Raymond. Who's already playing in the NHL and is a top rookie scorer. Philip yeah. Zadina, who was drafted in 2018 and is he, I don't know if he's up there on their scores, but he's playing well. And then uh, they also got a defenseman whose name is fleeing my mind right now, but he was another first round pick who's playing for the NHL team right now. So they're drafting well, but I mean, Look at the Oilers, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, the deadliest duo in the NHL right now. And they, they have, have no done depth. nothing. They exactly. Have no they depth, have no depth. No defense, and they have no, no defense. Goalies. And no, no goal. and exactly. goalies. It's bad. <laughs> their, their defense and goalies are terrible. Uh, so that hasn't worked for them. The, the, the Maple Leafs, they have Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. They signed John Tavares. What have they done? Nothing. They haven't won a first round playoff series in over 20 years to my knowledge. It is 20 years. Yeah. Actually, I 
I think this year would be 20 because I don't think they've won since they it's been a while. Yeah. Uh like they so they haven't won in a while. I'd say the I don't even know if I could call this a full tank, but I can say a good rebuild. One of the best rebuilds so far has been the Avalanche. Nathan McKinnon, uh, Gabriel Landeskog, Miko Rantanen, and then Kale McCarr. Like, that looks like a good player. They signed Tori Krug. And they. they... Tori Krug's on the Blues. <laughs> Who'd they sign then? I, they signed a big defenseman, didn't they? I don't think so. Oh my gosh. I thought. Who do you think? I thought they signed a big defenseman. Well, it's not Tory Crew because I know he's on the Blues. And uh, what's his name? Um, who went to the Golden Knights? Petrangelo. He went to the Golden Knights. I thought for sure they signed a big. But Petrangelo defenseman. wasn't on the Avalanche to begin with, though. Yeah, no, no, no. And I wasn't thinking that he was. I okay. Well, I might be. Okay, well, my, my mistake. I thought uh, Tory Krug was on the Avalanche, but uh, Nazem Kadri is also playing really well. So, but yeah. one thing I think that's going to be their problem is they have a lot of expiring contracts. Kadri's one of them. We know he's not coming back. Perakoski is expiring. And with um, Philip Grubauer recently leaving, I think they, there's a hole in their goalie spot, if I'm not mistaken. So, they are a good team, but I think they're the West Coast Caps at this point. I, yeah, I guess I just kind of, uh, it just fleed my mind because, yeah, there are no big-name defensemen on this team aside from Kale McCarr. They have some good young guys, but They, they overall, have decent, they have a lot of good, uh, like, decent defensemen. No stars aside from Kale McCarr, but, like, uh where Devin Tays, he's a solid defenseman, nothing too uh, good. Sam Girard, a decent defenseman, nothing amazing. Um, so their defensive core is decent, but nothing amazing. But one thing they ha- do have going for them is that their defensive core is young. I mean, if you're looking yeah. at it, Kel McCard, 22, Sam Girard, 22, Devon Taves, 26, Ryan Graves, 25, Jacob McDonald, 27. So they are young. Their oldest defenseman is Eric Johnson at 32. And but he's only played four games. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's maybe that's where uh maybe the Avalanche will trade for a guy like uh Justin Braun, who's he's a little bit older, but he's a good defenseman. He's solid on the third line. So uh, and another they could possibly trade for a goalie as well because um Maybe they could try and go for Flurry. I don't know how Darcy realist, realistic that is, but Darcy Kemper's playing well. He has a 2.47 goals against average and a 919 save percentage in 36 games. So he's not playing terribly. But yes, I do think that Cam Atkinson is in the realm of possibility of being traded. Giroud obviously is. I mean, that's been the biggest talk. It's been one of the biggest talks around the NHL since before the All-Star break. So I think for sure that uh, he Cam Atkinson can also get traded because he's still a goal scorer. And I think he could be gone. 
He's I a good think- second or third option for goal scoring. He shouldn't be your number one because we've seen with you guys, it just hasn't been working out too well because you guys really are le- struggling to score goals. But yeah, he could be, he still is a good option. I that's, that's what I think is good about the Flyers is the fact that they don't rely on one person. They don't rely on that Alex Ovechkin or that uh, I can't even like Nathan McKinnon, Nazem Kadri. They don't rely on one goal score. They have multiple decent goal scores that they uh, that they have to. They have depth scoring is what I liked about the Flyers, like in that 2019-2020 season. But I also think that has turned into kind of a detriment because I think you're lacking that consistent scoring option. Um, Because the only one you could really say is Claude Giroux, but he doesn't really have any true goal scores. He's not a goal scorer, though. No, yeah, he's he's a passing guy, and he hasn't had that consistent goal score he could really feed the puck to and kind of rely on to really rack up some points. So I think the fact that you don't have a consistent guy, it's good when it works out, but when it doesn't, you, you start to see the situation you do with the Flyers right now. Uh, Ristolainen might also get traded because he probably wants to go somewhere where he can win. So he's probably looking to be traded. Uh, I, there have been talks about Travis Konechny and Ivan Provorov. Not 100% sure yet, though. That's kind of still up in the air. And yeah. Justin Braun, possibly a valuable asset. Martin Jones, a valuable asset to have to another team. So... The trades are definitely going to be starting to fly around coming up here in the next couple of days since trade deadline is a little less than a month away. Yeah, I'll be I'll be really interested to see what the Flyers do if they really trade a lot of their team or only trade a few guys. So I'll definitely be interested. And it's also going to be interesting to see what the Caps do with their uh, goalie situation. And because, I mean, the, the Caps have kind of fallen off, too. Well, we, yeah, we've started to got some wins back, but another thing we've been struggling with other than our goalie situation is we're really lacking some offense. I know a lot of um, fans and the coaching staff are saying that's going to be solved with Mantha and Oshie coming back, but I don't know. One guy we've called up who's actually been on a hot streak is Joe Snively. Nine games, he has seven points. He's from Herndon, so that's so it's nearby, but we're close to home. Yeah, yeah, I think we're just we sometimes really lack scoring options, and our power play has been pretty horrible. I mean, it it has not been good whatsoever. Something that you like, I never thought I'd hear coming from the Caps that the power play was horrible because you always have that option in Alex Ovechkin, and if not Alex Ovechkin, Oshie, if not Oshie, Backstrom, Carlson. Like, it's just yeah, it, but. With Oshi gone and other guys like that gone, Mantha, it just seems like we're lacking and we've become one-dimensional and very predictable. Uh, and like I was talking – or I wasn't talking to. I was listening to another podcast where they asked Carter Hart what was so hard about going up against Ovechkin and his shot, and he's like, it's just so heavy and it's just like there before you even see it. It's like, you know, it's coming, but there's nothing you can do about it because it's just such a heavy shot. Uh, but that's 
really all that's going on. Like I said, Flyers on another losing streak. They're in the midst of an eight-game homestand, though, which is the biggest in franchise history. And they, I believe, hang on, I'll pull up the, I'll pull up the schedule real quick just for a little bit of a, they're sitting at seventh in the division. Uh, but I want to pull up the schedule. And so they just lost to the Blues four to one and lost to Carolina in overtime the night before that. But they don't play again until Saturday where they play Washington and then the Oilers, then Minnesota and Chicago and then Vegas. And that's their homestand, which is not a great. That's a lot of good teams. Except for Chicago, they're not that good. Chicago is still – I'm actually going to be at that game, and I'm excited because I'm – like, that's good talent. That's, like – It's good talent, but they're still not – Jonathan Taze, Patrick team. Kane, Alex DeBrinkett. Okay, Taves and Kane, former great talents. They're still good players, but not Kane, the same. Kane still is arguably yeah. – has one of the best sets of hands in the league. Yeah, Kane's still good, but he's past his prime. Same with Taves. Uh, Brinkett, he's a good young player. I'll give you that. Mark Andre Fleury, he, he needs still, to be on a better team. He deserves to be on a better team. The he's, yeah, he's Blackhawks do not deserve him. Uh, and then which I know there's a Strom brother there. I can't think of which one it is though. Ryan Strom is on the, the Rangers. Rangers, so it's probably Dylan. Yes, I think. Uh, but yeah, they have talent. That's a talented team. They might be bad, but it's a talented team. <laughs> Uh, but that's really all there is to hockey right now. <laughs> um, there's a lot of people. That's the thing about Philadelphia though, is like the Philadelphia is happy when they're winning. And then when they're losing, they're just like, all right, tank already. That's, that's it. Like tanking you're is quick not to crucify. You're quick to crucify. Yeah. Tanking is not the option here. That is, I don't. And personally, I know I'm not ready for this. I don't know if other Philadelphia fans are this, but tanking means four to five years of terrible hockey. Like, like the solid bad teams. Yes. Just disgustingly bad hockey. Like, but it's better, to, it's better to be like that than to be at the point where you're in the middle of it, where you're not exactly good enough to make the playoffs, but you're not bad enough to get a top 10 pick. You're yeah. like around 15 mediocrity. That's the worst. Like the lions, the pa- like the lions before the past couple of years. Yeah. What the wild used to be. Yes, exactly. Um, But other than that, that's really all I have for the flyers. I mean, it's basically the same thing we're saying every week where they still aren't good and they're unhealthy, which is looking to change here in a sec. Um, you say that, but it's, you're probably going to get another injury quite soon. Yeah, I'd, I'd honestly rather him like just let the guys who are like Kevin Hayes, he's been fighting this. He had core surgery and he's been fighting that for the season. Uh, Ryan Ellis is getting to the point where you might as well just keep him out for the rest of the season. Yeah. Sean is is got, he even on your team anymore? <laughs> Sean Couturier got back surgery, so he's out for the rest of the season. So it's getting to the point where it's like, why not just let the – big guys sit a little bit and make sure that they are healthy for next season. Cause Kevin Hayes isn't going anywhere. Ryan Ellis isn't going anywhere and neither is Sean Couturier. But I believe that's it for hockey. Uh, what did you, 
you had something about baseball yeah so this week um it looks like it's going to be an entire week of meetings between the player association and the mlb but it's so far it looks like they're making very little headway even after a five-hour meeting um it seems like one of the big conversation point is the shift i know a player joey gallo he w- he was really against it um but we have to start thinking of the possibility that this lockout could bleed over into the season i think that's a reality we have to accept at this point yeah and i agree because the shift i hate the shift it is so annoying like, i think it should be li- limited i think okay so you, I say you can shift as much as you want, but as long as you have two, uh, two infielders on each side of the bag of second base, that I on think middle, that is on the middle of the field. Yes, that is reasonable. I think it's reasonable. That allows you to shift if you want, but it's nothing to like. It's not like it's having not like some, five players on the one side of third base. Or we've seen base. some ridiculous shifts where the only person on the left side of the field is the third baseman, the rest yeah. on the, on the right side. So I've seen ones where limit have, that. I've seen ones where they have the first, the first baseman, second baseman, shortstop, and the right fielder come up to, uh, to play on the one side of the field. Cause Bryce Harper hits heavily to pulls the ball heavily. So does Joey Gallo. If you look up some Joey Gallo shifts, they're, they're ridiculous. But yeah. So I think the shift is definitely something that they have to do away with. Not do away with, but certainly limit because yes. I think it can, it can be abused. I think that uh, the, I think that's like the shift is kind of stupid because like what the point of baseball is to have like the point of baseball is to try to like if you're the batter try to fit the ball into certain spots in the infield where you're getting through and they people just make it where it's not even fun because they line up their entire team on one side of the field yeah so i mean it just doesn't make it fun and that's why i think it should be done away with is uh is that all you got yeah that's all i got i'd like to have more to talk to but baseball i mean at this point we'd be talking about like if there was no um lockout we'd be talking about our team's new free agent signings we'd be talking about spring training coming up because play because batters and pitchers were supposed to already report but no yeah but yeah so Hopefully we'll have more to talk to when it gets more to the trade deadline for hockey. But other than that, I got nothing. That's all I have. So with that, um, we're going to end it there. You guys can follow our Instagram at BL in the DC and you can DM us questions and comments. You can email us at BL in the DC at gmail.com. You can uh, send us emails of questions and comments and you can rate us on Apple and Spotify. And with that, we are going to close it out there and we will see you guys next week. See you later.